Hello, everyone. How you doing? Welcome to another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. I'm here with another phenomenal guest, uh, one that I have been following for quite some time. And when we finally were able to connect on a date that that worked where we could have this conversation, I realized I was trying to think back, like, when's the last time, like, our paths have crossed, like, in, like, face-to-face interaction? Um, and while COVID stopped a lot of that, it's, it's, it's been a journey. It's, it's, it's been a minute. Um, and so I'm excited to uh, share some virtual space with our, our guests today. And I could go through her long laundry list of accolades and all the things that she has done and earned and recognized. Um, but this one's pretty awesome too, because I was also looking through my podcast and it's not every day I get to connect with somebody from the state that I live in, which is Iowa, because there's not, not that there's not incredible people, there are phenomenal people, but I was not usually a space. Um, I always joke people either drive through or fly over and don't usually stop. So I'm even more excited to have uh, someone from the neck of the woods here. And I'm talking about none other than Sarah Brown Wessling, who um, I'll let her introduce herself here in, in, in a minute. But I know our my path has crossed through her from 2010 when she was National Teacher of the Year, not just State Teacher of the Year. And she has earned crazy more recognitions beyond that. Um, and I know, I think our paths initially crossed in 2000, I think 14, where I was a, I think a, a runner up for, for, for some of those similar awards and got to do some work together. And so I'm, I'm pretty jazzed for this opportunity. So Sarah, enough about Great me rambling on here. Who are you? What do you do? And what in the world <laughs> you got going on? Um, who am I? Um, no, Life's greatest uh, question, right? <laughs> right, right. That's existential. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm Sarah Brown Wessling. I am a, uh, I'm a teacher first and foremost. Uh, I've been teaching for 25 years, primarily as a high school English teacher. Um, although, um, most recently because of some shifts in my, uh, some shifts in my in my uh, job, I'm teaching a teaching academy class. So um, I'm with teenagers, um, some parts of my day, not all of my day, uh, but some parts of that and um, absolutely love that. Um, And then um, I also am the director of the National Teacher of the Year program. So that uh, has been a a wonderful um, journey. It has been an incredible challenge in the best ways um, and very similar to a classroom rhythm. So I think that's the thing that I love about it the most. Um, I also am a mom. I've got three kids. Um, I love to run. I drink a little too much coffee. Um, I also am a writer, so I spend a lot of time writing and blogging and, um, yeah, consulting, doing, you know, doing the things, doing the things, anything that, I mean, honestly, anything that gets me in conversations about teaching and learning and what it means to get better is pretty much where you'll find me. I love it. And there's, there's, there's so much that I want to get into as you talked about just, you know, few of those things that you dabble in 
all the time, which is gets I think is is what what's really exciting to me is it, it provides you a perspective and, a, and an opportunity to hear from so many different voices. Um, you know whether that's that's age or job occupation or location, things of that nature to see and hear probably similar messages. And then also we all know there there's always local variables that that everyone deals with as well. And so, you, I mean, you've you, you've been able to, to to gain a lot of that. And so before we dive into that though. I, I've been asking guests this, and I, I love hearing this part of it because I think it it brings so much to the table of how people kind of end up where they are in this moment. This is not the final yeah. destination by any means, but you know where we are. And so, so Sarah, my question is, you know, what's your origin story? How did you get to this point where you know you're you're helping the, the National Teacher of the Year Network as a director? You're you're teaching. Uh, still working with, with kids, you've been able to still be able to do that and, and and still be able to consult and speak and network and do all these things. I mean, you just didn't wake up one day and go, oh, here it all is. And so how yeah. did your, what's your, what's your origin story to get to yeah. the, this awesome opportunity that you have? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm an English teacher, so I'm all in on origin stories. <laughs> um, but let, let me preface it by saying um, I didn't plan on any of it. Hmm. Um, so my, I don't think I would call it a philosophy necessarily, but certainly my way of being, um, is, has always been to do the best work that I can with what's right in front of me, and then believe that the next most honest step will open up and it's my job to find it or my job to pay attention to it. And so, um, I, yeah, so I'm not a person who says, I like, here's the list of things I would like to accomplish and I'm going to check them off. Like that is not that, like, that's the total inverse (laughs) of me. Um, because you know, the bottom line is I want to do good work. That's the bottom line. And I think good work is human work and it is the work that we, you know, do like one to one in the end. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm happy to tell you my origin story with like, with that preface. Right. I love um, it. I love so, um, like you mentioned, we're both here in Iowa. Um, I'm a complete product of the Iowa, of the Iowa public school system. I was born in Iowa, went to school in Iowa. Both of my degrees are from here in the state, from Iowa state. Um, I've been mentored by Iowa teachers and then my teaching career has also been here in Iowa. Um, and I, when people ask, you know, like, how did you become a teacher? Uh, <laughs> you know, I always say that it was, um, it was not a decision for me, but it was a realization. So I think mm-hmm. that probably is, um, you know, coincides with, with what I just said, kind of about how I approach this, you know, this journey. Um, I, my mom tells all of these stories about when I was really young and I was like having neighborhood schools in the garage over the summer. (laughs) I'm not quite sure how I got any neighborhood kids to come to my school, but she said somehow I did. Um, And, uh, and so I've been at, uh, I start my first teaching job was at Cedar Falls High School. I was there for one year, then um, I moved to Des Moines and uh, started at Johnston, which is where I've been um, ever since then. So I'm also really indebted, especially to, you know, to Johnston School District for the way that they've been able to um, create a space for me to grow. Um, And I decide, so becoming a teacher though, uh, my mom is the teacher. I love my mom. She's amazing. 
Um, and I went through a little phase right at the end of high school, at the beginning of college, where I didn't want to be like my mom. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'm going to do anything but be a teacher. So I actually started out as a broadcast journalism major. And I was like, I'm going to go report on the news. I'm going to go be a TV news anchor. And then I kind of like got into it. And the writing actually was didn't quite fit me. Um, and I caught a glimpse of myself on the camera one day and I kind of freaked out and I was like, okay, the camera does not like me. I like need to change my plan here. So, um, I changed to, um, philosophy and I became a philosophy major. Um, I loved it. I mean, put me in a corner and tell me to think about thinking and I'm pretty happy. So, um, loved it. But then I remember coming home from college one weekend and my dad sat me down and he said, so... I'm really struggling to understand what you're going to do with a philosophy degree. I'm like, well, that's a fair question, Dad. Uh, Let me go sit in that corner and think about it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go sit in the corner and think about it. And uh, so then I changed again. So here we go. I'm very typical, right? Like four major, you know, college student. Um, changed again to psychology, which I also absolutely loved. Um, and then I and I got into it. And then I was like, but you know. I don't think I want to do like the seven, eight years of math and science. I'm really a word person. Like that's really, I, I really am a word person. And so I remember actually very vividly walking through campus at Iowa State one day and there must have been a bright light or something. I don't know. And it just kind of like hit me that if that I wouldn't have to give up any of these things that I had grown to love if I went to a classroom because they all coalesce there. And so I was like, and I don't have to be just like my mom, you know, like I can take all of the things that I love about her and I can still be my own person. So I literally turned around, walked to the College of Ed, walked in this poor, unassuming, you know, um, woman at this desk. And I'm like, I'm going to be a teacher, but I have no idea what to do. And so, yeah made the change and as soon as i it was like it was very much a moment of conviction for me yeah. um and i as soon as i like had that realization i also knew in the exact same moment that i would be a high school english teacher because i had been taking as many english courses as i could for fun and so i was like well of course that's what you're gonna do like this is what you love this is what you do in your free time like you're going like you're taking extra shakespeare classes for fun <laughs> so this is what you should do yeah yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, yeah. so that's how I got to the classroom. So did you talk about all those destinations, those, those stops yeah. along the way to, to find yourself, you know, it's been there the whole time, you know, like, like, like the thread through all of that. And I think it's, it's also a thread from like the work that I see that you, when you share the work that you do, you know, you talked about just a little bit ago, it's like that idea of, of like, it's all centered around humans like being human being a person and and what is it how do we fit in into this landscape you know whether we're looking at it through the psychological lens uh yeah. philosophical lens uh sports reporting stories yeah. and you know in the classroom mm -hmm. and now whether you're working with students in the classroom or i'll say classroom in the sense of of working with adults and other teachers in whatever yeah. shape or form that takes takes into you know I know that I think we all anyone listening to the show understands the importance of that, but but what what compels you to that and 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 maybe like the part two to that is as you have the opportunity that you do to work with so many adults and students, mm -hmm. you know, why is that element like 
so important maybe to you or maybe more than ever before or however you want to kind of take that 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 concept yeah. and run with it um I'm, I'm i'm fascinated of of why that you know seems in the short amount of time here that you know it's, it's so powerful for you yeah well i definitely think the you know the through line in the journalism the philosophy the psychology the literary um is story I mean, I think I think that's the I think that's the through line um, and, you know, in, in story in a variety of ways. Right. So we tell a scientific story. We look at data. We make sense of it. Right. Um, as the you know, as the journalist, um, you know, like being curious, paying more attention to others than you pay attention to yourself so that you can find out what the story is, you can uncover the story. Um, the philosophy, I mean, that's, it's, you know, of course, like all cerebral, (laughs) but, you know, like, but, um, but yeah, that's really what it is. And then, uh, and then for me, the, you know, it really all coalesces in, in the literature because that's, you know, that, that's how we make sense of who we are and who we aren't. Um, and certainly I am you know, any, any of my students who, in fact, I just ran into two of my students last night, uh, my former students, and any of them would tell you that more than anything, I taught them how to think. Mm. And I taught them how to think because I taught them how to read, like carefully. And I taught them how to write. And I taught them how to find the language to capture their ideas, you know, um, and how to make that language mean something to a reader. So, I think like the through line, you know, in all of those stops to get to a classroom um, was certainly about the power of story. Mm. Um, and that's just, I mean, that's the that story and human, like those two things that go together. That's like, they're, they're, they're pretty tightly, tightly woven together. Um, and then I would say the, you know, the extension of that, um, from a high school English classroom to the variety of classrooms I have found myself in, you know, over the last 13 years, especially. Um, I, I think, I, I don't think it's different. I, I think it's, um, it's always about, it's always about like figuring out what people need to learn and how they need to learn it. Mm. Um, and that's never about me. Yeah. You know, it's just, it can, it's never about me. It's always about the learner. Um, It's always about their goals. It's about, um, you know, empowering them. It's about seeing in themselves what they can't see yet. Um, And I, and I don't think that's different. I, I don't, I think, I think that kind of sense of the work is, is pretty consistent, whether you're, you know, talking to a 15 year old who hates to read and doesn't want to write, or you're talking to an adult who's feeling demoralized in the profession, right? Or you're talking to an adult who like is ready to change the world or a teenager who's ready to change the world. Um, There's just, um, I don't know. It's, it's pretty beautiful. It's pretty beautiful. It is. It's like, it's, you brought up a piece there that has been like spinning in my head quite a bit this this particular school year 
And you talked about how, you know, it's it, it's not about us. It's, it's about the learner, right? The, it's, it's about the kid in the classroom or it's the educator we're trying to support or whatever our dynamic is, an administrator trying to keep a, sure. sc a school functional, whatever that, that lane might be. And I feel, well, I have a lot of feelings. I don't have any answers, but I like the, the more that I try to get into the these spaces of of creating opportunities for authentic, meaningful work. I wholeheartedly am passionate about the idea of story. That is like the as as you're talking, I'm thinking through some of the stuff that I've been doing with 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 and helping support educators in their own story. But everything is comes out to story. So I'm so glad you brought that up. But one of the biggest barriers that I'm seeing, and I don't think it's intentional. I don't think it's egotistical. I, I, I don't mean this in a, a, a negative light, but it's like that piece of it's about the learner and not us somehow gets twisted and, and we lose sight of that sometimes. And I don't know what it is. I like, again, I, I, I don't usually see it as like, oh, I'm so important. Therefore I'm above kids. I don't ever see that demeanor, but I see that perspective sometimes getting lost into like you know we are this this is why we're here and yeah. um, i don't know i don't know like i don't, I don't have it framed as a question i'm just saying like as you're talking like this has been like the thing that keeps percolating like i don't how to manifest yeah. the words to it so anyways i'm kind of word vomiting here right in, yeah in no it's all, but, good. Uh, it's all yeah, good yeah no i mean so i think that when i think that when a teacher ends up in the center, right? It's probably because they aren't being seen elsewhere. Mm. So it probably is because a system isn't taking care of them. It's probably because they feel incredible pressure around time. It's probably because they feel incredible pressure around performance. It's probably because they are overwhelmed and so i think that the well it's easy for me to say you know it's about the learner right yeah, yeah it, right it is that doesn't mean that it's easy to live so it's really tough to live that and i think that you know one of the lessons i learned as a really young educator um even before i graduated from college was the importance of creating safe, safe professional spaces for myself. Um, and I didn't always find them in the places that I thought I would. So it maybe was like a professional organization, or um, I remember when I, um, you know, went through my national board certification process, like that tied me to a community of educators that were interested in like fighting to not be the center because it does like it's not it, it isn't as easy as just saying it right? right yeah because what that means is when you feel the pressure of time you're willing to say the time is not as important as me finishing this 60 second conversation with this student it's just not as important yes or getting to the end of that chapter might, might not be 
as important as the time it would take to do the rest of the chapter really, really well. Right. And so, but that's, a, that's, that's where the rub is that teachers have to make those kinds of decisions. And those are kind of like value-based decisions and they can come at a personal cost because mm -hmm. if you don't have a safe space, if you don't have a community that says, yes, you aren't crazy. Yes, you are doing the right thing. Even if folks around you are doing something different, even if this isn't the message that you're getting largely, like you're, you're on the right track. So um, I, I just, I think that's really important to remember um, that it does come with like needing the, needing the help of others yeah. um, in order to, to continue doing the work in that way. Well, I appreciate you framing it much more elegantly than what I was trying to spew out there um, <laughs> as you go through, you know, and I think, you know, like the word that, that comes to mind, it, 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 this word also comes to mind so much. And, and, and what I see too, I think is, as you were talking there, is that idea of, of permission um, mm -hmm. to re remind ourselves that we are professionals and none of it's easy by any means, but to give ourselves permission to, to take those 60 seconds, um, the world will not end. Um, you will not be escorted out of your classroom. Now I know there are lots of different places and systems mm -hmm. and all those things. So I'm not saying that fear is real. I mean, yeah, fear yeah, you is real. Yeah. You don't just snap your fingers and boom. But I think that idea of like reminding ourselves, like for those that are in the, and I'm no longer in the classroom every day, but like for those that are like, your your gut instinct, your pulse, your intuition with 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 those kids all day, every day, like you know what's needed, and like you know, don't be afraid to act act upon that. Like you know, you know better than anybody else, and that's not a a diss to people, but like you have the 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 power to to, to really like build those firm connections. And so I, I appreciate the way you you brought that up and some of those things to think about because I do think those are the real pressures and things that, that people, you know, that oh, idea sure. of fear 100%, but sure. it's like, how do we work through that where we don't freeze, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and, and find ourselves in this kind of weird, you know, rock be between, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. Which of course is not to say um, that you're going to get the decision right every time. Um, it's not to say that you aren't going to learn tough lessons along the way. Um because because I also think it can be very deliberate, right? So there can be like an instinctual, you know, component to it. But I, I also think that it can be very deliberate. We can make very deliberate decisions about what myths we do and don't buy into about teaching and learning. I think we can make really deliberate decisions about how we think about time. I think we can make really deliberate decisions about the research that we do, you know, so, and that like those components, I think allow, create, to create a degree of agency and create a degree of empowerment. And so it's, it's part of the complexity of the work, right? And making those decisions like, we, if, if teachers become robots, then like their students are going to be robots. Yes. So I, th so I think it's, it's being willing to be in spaces that, um, are not clear and, you know, 
I mean, I think a lot of teachers like are in classrooms because they love school or because they hated it. But yeah, right, a lot right. of teachers are in are in school because they loved it. And um, and part of that might have been the clarity. Right. There was like it was there was like a routine and there was a sense of clarity and there that component of the classroom, um, I think, can be, you know, um, very nurturing. And at the same time, you, you can't go like you can't fall so far into the routine that you forget to be a human yeah. and you can't be on the other end of the spectrum either right and be like <laughs> all we're gonna do is feel good and talk to each other and like not drill down to the actual skills and the content so it's 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 really it is complicated and that's what that's what i wish people understood about the craft yeah um and i wish that they also would remember that if they've been in classrooms or around teachers where it looked so easy, it was because that teacher was doing a thousand things they didn't realize. Right. You know, yeah. it is, it is, it is, it is a craft. It is an art. And one of the things that I love and, and what I get to do where I do, get, I, I am, I, I get the opportunity to spend a lot of time in classrooms, you know, they're not my own, but I'm usually working side by side or playing some sort of role with the educator mm -hmm. and seeing the magic that so many educators do. And when you ask them about like, tell me more about this, about how you do this. And they look at you like cross-eyed, like I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's such like a instinctual yeah. uh, element to, to how they operate that they don't even know how amazing they are and so then i i love one be able to help them kind of see that but then two like okay then how do you deconstruct that to be able to help somebody else who maybe doesn't have that um yeah and and not that they're not capable of it uh maybe it just and it's an awareness piece it's an aha piece um i find that so fascinating too because when you see and you feel that 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 serenity the flow whatever you mm -hmm. word you want to use to that Holy cow, it's incredible. And they don't even know that they're, you know, yeah. working their magic around the stew pots with their magic wand. Right. And, you know, For it, sure. it's, it's just it's just incredible. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think about um I oftentimes think about the way I have approached responding to student writing. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, a component of that is pointing out ways that students can get better. Um, but I think um, an another way that I've always approached feedback is to really um, deconstruct for students like when like when they're doing something well and why it's working. Because I love that. a lot of because what I want is for them to replicate it more deliberately in more complex ways later. And so if it's something that they're just kind of inherently doing, or maybe they, you know, maybe they're you know, an avid reader. And so it's kind of like seeps in, right? Yeah, it's just like right, part right. of them or something. Um, but I want them to understand, like, this paragraph is amazing because you did these three things. And saying that out loud, giving that kind of feedback is really instrumental to, to growth, right? And that kind of feedback is also really important for teachers. And, um, 
and I don't think teachers get that kind of feedback a lot. No. Um, and sometimes it can be difficult because, you know, certainly there are all kinds of constraints on the people who are doing the observing and right doing the coaching and those kinds of things. Um, but in, in, in spaces where maybe there isn't an outside person who's giving that feedback and deconstructing, like here's why here, this was working and here's how it worked. I think that can be part of what teachers do right? Where we really use a reflection process to break down our craft and break down our, you know, how we're teaching. And I would definitely say that's what the national board process taught me. Um, I was, a, you know, a very early career teacher when I did that. And more so than being certified, <clears throat> excuse me, it was really, it, it taught me how to pay attention. And it taught me how to unpack a discussion, how to unpack my feedback that I was giving to students, like how to do, like how I was doing these things and I was able to find through lines between what worked and what didn't work. So then I could replicate it really deliberately. And then that's how I grew as a teacher because I could constantly just do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, that's so great. And and, and probably, you know, like to, to add to that too, and it's another kind of two-part question, which is not a, a great interview tactic, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, you know, as you, as you think through that element, and then earlier you talked about finding those safe spaces for an educator to learn, um, mm -hmm. you know, through your various networks. Um, I often feel like that element is, is, is missing a lot in, in, in the spaces in which you can feel the frustration in a school or in a district um, that like that network beyond I always call it like the local filter bubble. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I think everyone has the network within the school and the people you run into, but like to get out and see those, just a, a new lens, even though everyone's kind of grappling with the same thing. And so the, maybe the more, more pointed question here is, you know, as you've been able to have various networks, you know, and through all your work, how, how has that, you know, turned around and, and impacted you personally or turn around and impact your oh. classroom? Because I think that is such a key piece. Teachers are so pressed for time. So it's not, it, I know so often it feels like one more thing in those things, but like to have that support network of just, if nothing else, gaining some some inspiration or having a place that you know you can go throw a question and someone's gonna respond to. Um, you know, how have you in your journey from when you started to where you are now, and I know now you are, you're really connected with lots of people, you know, continue to, to funnel in and, and help you be better in, 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 in lots of ways. Yeah. Well, learning is social, right? Yeah. So, um, so I think it's just really crucial that we aren't in isolation. And so um, anytime that I have been able to collaborate um, or work with i mean i'm always i am always learning more i feel like i'm always learning more from people than i'm ever teaching right um and it's because you know it, it's because of their questions it's because of the way their reality gets me curious um about how like you know so like say i'm working with the school district right and we're working on some strategy for for literacy and somebody asks a question and it, you know it can make me rethink 
you know, it can make me rethink my own practice. And so I think it's, I think it's being open to it. I don't, I think it is also kind of having a tolerance for ambiguity. So if we go to these networks expecting for anything quick, expecting, you know, someplace to have an answer, expecting, you know, anything like that, I, I don't think you're going to get it, right? I think you go to community in order to kind of create um, just create kind of this web where you feel, uh, where, you, where you feel safe while you're figuring it out. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the communities are, yeah, incredibly important. Um, and yeah, I'm all, yeah, they teach me so much more. Yeah. Way more I, than I do to them. I find I go to the, like, try to build those communities or network as you were talking there, you know, for the conversation, uh, not that I, I need like 10 quick wins, but you know, yeah. like, it, can I, can I come join a, a space where that's virtual and in person and, and, and get involved in the dialogue, knowing that somewhere in there, something is going to resonate that, that, that is going to transform something in my thinking or my practice, whether that's yeah. short-term or long-term, I mean, that happens time and time again, you know, as, as we continue to do this work, um, you know, and, you know, as, as we think through that and you, you, you talk with a lot of people, you see a lot of people, you're, you're still grounded in the classroom, which I think is so phenomenal because there's not enough um, people that get kind of the best of both worlds um, in that way. You know, as, as, as you, as you network and talk with people and share and all that type of stuff, like what keeps you excited? Like what's, What's some, some some positive things that are out there? I mean, because we could sit there and look online, and boy, everything sounds terrible. But I mean, what when you go out and you, and you're, you're seeing different places and you're talking with people, what is it that that just gets you get your blood flowing time and time again, no matter you know where you are or, or who who you're talking with? Yeah, I think it's people. I mean, I, I think it's you know it is it's um, it is meeting people who are not giving up it's meeting people who are finding ways um it's seeing how teachers inspire their students empower their students how they make space for student voice um i i mean i i just even i, I even remember like at the so when I was the national teacher of the year, you get pulled out of the classroom for a year and you, you know, serve as the ambassador of education for the country and you're gone for a year. And throughout that experience, um, I, and, and this has continued ever since then, but I just, I met so many incredible teachers that I just felt more responsible than ever to figure out how to become a better one. And I would say that that really was a catalyst for me to get really um, honest with myself about the things that were working in my classroom. Um, and certainly things were working in my classroom, um, you know, up to that point. But I just felt so compelled to figure out how to keep getting better. And I think it's just always been that sense of respect and reverence for the profession um, that has, you know, allowed me to stay really curious about people and to see their brilliance. And 
Um, and, and, you know, and sometimes it's little things. It's, you know, the way, uh, you know, it's the way Bill in Montana, like, puts his students in groups that's like so, like so cool right or it's the way that autumn in colorado um you know gets her students on the colorado river is part of science you know um so it's just like there are there are just so many teachers that i have been afforded this incredible opportunity to learn from that i can't help but feel compelled to keep getting better and that's I mean, that's, that's, that's the passion, right? Yeah. Um, and it's all in service and it's all in service of students, right? It's all in service of, um, you know, and I say me getting better, which is really creating more authentic spaces for my students. It's really about um, finding ways to continue to serve them. I love that. And you talk about being a better teacher, you know, and so then how do you balance that? You know, you mentioned earlier at the, at the top of the show, you're, you're, you're a mother of, of some awesome kids. Um, you like running, um, you like to drink a lot of coffee, which I completely get to all <laughs> that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, how, how do you, I'll say balance. Sometimes I don't believe there's necessarily you can have a balance. There's always, you just try to navigate the best you can, but you know, how do you stay grounded in that, in that pursuit, that passion uh, to be a better teacher, but at the same time, maybe not letting it like consume all quadrants of, of, or sectors of life um, where the other things lose out. I mean, how have you been able to figure that out? Because I've seen people too, that they, they're, they're so passionate that they, it, it, it can almost consume, consume them in a way or like that, you know, all of a sudden you've, you, you've kind of maybe burned some bridges in other areas. So how have you been able to, to navigate all that? And I don't, maybe you have it. I don't know. I'm kind of putting you on the spot there with that yeah, question, but, I mean, but I think an important element is we talk about, right. Teacher shortages, we see the sure. burnout, we're seeing the stress, we're seeing all the things we're seeing job postings that people aren't, they're not even applying. Um, so, you know, how do we, how do, how do we work through those? Yeah. So I think there's probably kind of like, two you know two ways to approach that question there's kind of like the personal and then i think there's the systematic yeah so um you know personally i, I mean i i get it sometimes and i don't you know sometimes i and i i would definitely say that there have been a couple of key um a couple of key insights that i've had of course every, they always come through mistakes but um but i think one of them is i i used to really believe in compartmentalizing i used to really believe um and it's not that i'm not good at compartmentalizing because i can do it really well but <laughs> i used to think that was the way to manage it right mm -hmm. that um i would just put everything in these little boxes and if i had all of these little boxes and i could just kind of stack them just perfectly everything would stay balanced right um and i learned that, that no no um that and i and i honestly think being a mother is what got me out of that um and really um starting to understand that there's like i, I don't want to separate you know, who I, who I, Parker Palmer says we teach who we are. I completely, you know, believe that. And so who I am outside of the classroom, um, you know, is part of who I am inside the classroom. And I think that when I stopped compartmentalizing and started integrating, 
um, I found like that was a really important shift for me. Um, I also realized that we don't have to do all of those things at once. Right. So I've been doing this for a long time. Right. I'm 25 <laughs> years into my career. Um, and so I could, you know, sh you know, we could talk about the different things, which is true, but those have happened over significant periods of time. Sure. And so I think it's also important to remember that. And then I think it really, um, it has also been about that notion that I started with, which is doing the very best you can with what's right in front of you. And, and to me, that's just, you know, that's about presence Yeah. and it's, um, and it's like the willingness to be fully present in the space that you're in and then maintain that tolerance for ambiguity and flexibility and know that, you know, I'm going to be really present here. I'm going to feel really good about this and I'm going to figure out the, I'll figure out the craziness at home when I get home, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think balance is, um an unfair goal for people to try to work towards um so for me to reframe that as presence felt really empowering yeah. um because i can feel really good about the class i just taught and i can feel really good about the conference that i just had with the teacher and I can feel really good about this podcast, right? Because I'm here. Yeah. And so if and and that gives me like the the sense that the next thing I'm going to do, I can be present and I can do that the best that I can do. Um, so I think that's important. I think systematically, though, kind of talking about that teacher retention and um, I think I think in the end, teachers need a lot of flexibility, to be honest with you. I think it's yeah. what our profession hasn't figured out. Um, and I think because there is a lack of flexibility, it takes certain, it, it amplifies, um, I think the stress of some things. So, you know, it could be the stress of, um, like a grading system. It could be the stress of, um, making doctor's appointments for your own family. Like, when do I do that if I can't ever breathe during the day, <laughs> right. you know, and, and it's real. And so, but this is what's important to remember. It's really hard for somebody to be present if they are worried about not being able to take care of their life. So, and that's not about balance. That's just about like taking care of humans yes right like that is yes. just about taking care of humans yes so I, I think it's also important for us to think about that and you know and you can't talk about that without talking about leadership you can't talk about leadership without talking about that pipeline you know so yeah. it's there's there's no panacea there's no silver bullet um it's a complex web and um but it but we have to we have yeah we have to keep picking at it we have to yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, a lot of that, I think just continues to come from, from people speaking up and, and sharing their voices. And, uh, you know, I, I often joke, but I don't always mean it as a joke that I like if, if teachers did all come together and, um, you know, make a stance on, on some of those things, boy, the system would really, really have to listen because that's a, that's a really, really powerful group that is a, a collective voice, you know? And so, I mean, that's, you know, all sitting out and, that you know 
perfect utopian world. But, you know, I, I want to be respectful of your time, Sarah. This has been um, incredible. I appreciate your your honesty and 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 just your openness and and, and sharing some of this. Um, and before we wrap up, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to to talk about that you really want to make sure that the listeners here or any any final thoughts on your end why you have the space here because there'll probably be a lots of of of, of new people um might be the first time ever hearing from you even though yeah. they're right here in, in Iowa so I want to make yeah. sure that there's something we didn't cover that you want to want to want to air out um that you have the space to do so yeah um well you know I think um whenever I get an opportunity to talk about teacher leadership of course I want to do that um and i think it's just you know you mentioned that I, I get to talk to teachers all over all over the country all over the world and um you know teachers here right now um they they need a different kind of support than we've given them um because some of the fears that they're facing are real yeah. and um you know teachers are being undermined and it's um it's really it's really palpable and it's really disheartening um to say the least and so i think that um we have to figure out how to take care of each other because i I don't think we can rely on outside forces to do, to take care of us. And so I just want to, yeah, I, I just want to remind teachers to check in on each other. Um, and I just want to remind them that, um, you know, the, the best way, the best way to work through something difficult is to make a connection with another person. Yeah. And I think a lot of teachers are feeling in really difficult spaces. Um, and it's not to say that this, you know, cause this does happen, right? Like this has happened, you know, over time. Um, but right now it feels differently. It right does. now it feels different. It does. And, um, so I just, yeah. So to any of those educators or people who love educators, um, just, you know, check in on them and, uh, check in on each other and, um, yeah, don't give up. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate it. I think that's a a really important thing. I think as we think about bringing this to a close here is for us to figure out, you know, who can we reach out to and start to build, you know, bring one more person into the network, into the community and mm-hmm. not network in the way of like networking, like we're going to exchange, no, 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 but no. networking in the sense of like, Hey, we got each other's back and how do we continue to, to, you know, to, to bring ourselves together and support it. Cause you're right. I think, we've got to come together. Uh, we can't keep waiting on, on something else for it to happen. Cause it's, I mean, time is proven time and time again. Um, you know, it's a, it's a slow, slow process, but we've got to, we've got to, we can take the story to talk about the idea of story. Yeah. We can be the ones that, that, that narrate the story. We don't need to rely on others to, to narrate what's needed um, in the education system. And so, uh, Sarah, again, thank you so much for for joining this. I, I this has been truly a treasure. Um, very honored to to have this space here uh, virtually to uh, connect and talk with you today. For those that want to know more about you, follow your journey, follow your work. All this stuff will be in the show notes. You know where where are some of the the best places for them to uh, reach out and and find out more. 
Yeah, well, like certainly online, right? Social media stuff. Um, and um, I do have, um, and then my website, if you're curious, I kind of archive, you know, lessons and things. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I have been doing more behind the scenes work too, um, which has just been amazing. So um, yeah, so it's been really fun to, um, you know, to walk beside all of these state teachers of the year and national teachers of the year and, um, you know, help them step into their best selves. That's been awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, keep doing what you do. Keep kicking butt and uh, keep working to inspire others to continue to find their passion and, and continue to get better. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Woke up at six o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs, talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Chaos.